Welcome to the Escapist Corner. This is a podcast where we talk about lifestyle, sport, and entrepreneurship. We hope this can give you some inspiration to your daily life and also make you some good ideas based on where you are in your life. We're going to talk to successful businessmen, coaches, sportsmen, athletes, doctors, what have you. Please look at our homepage, escapistcorner.com. There you find the links to Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening! It's really different when you have like an interaction with someone across the net, like playing tennis or football. It's a contact sport, but yeah, I mean, not really. When you really have like someone hitting at your face and someone who wants to hit you, it's like it's a different defensive world. mode. It's like whoa, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Exactly. There's something's going on you're, you're, here. You're absolutely right. So, so you just go. It's like this person. In order for this person to win, they have to inflict damage on you. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've never experienced it in my life. And I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, I'm two meters tall. I walk in. I go to the mat. I shake the guy's hand. I'm smiling. I, you know, shake the ju- the the referee's hand. And this is it. Never happened. So the moment I touched that guy, he was game. He wanted to destroy me. Yeah. And he did so much. I was so tired. Um, but I accepted it. And the only thing you can do is put yourself in this technical mode. You learn these movements. You learn what your coach gave you. So my, 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 I have awesome coaches. I have uh, Vinny Carlucci, Jeff Lindsay, and uh, Daniel Kimling. They're my uh, jiu-jitsu coaches. And, and they were like, look, you need to do a single leg takedown, get side control, Americana, pillow choke, that's it. So that's the only thing I worked on the whole time for about a good two or three weeks. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. It was Americana, Americana, Americana. Um, and one of the cases was an arm bar. I did an inverted arm bar. But this person wants to do damage to you. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a totally different world. Very different. Yeah, I, uh, I've never been into, or as a kid, I tried karate, judo, yeah. all those stuff. But I didn't like it because um, I think I was like six or seven. I wanted to do karate mm. or judo or jujitsu. Karate kid. <laughs> no, but like. It, it's, it seemed kind of as a kid cool to be able to yeah. you know take anyone down and, and stuff like that but it wasn't fun because and I, I, I don't know I think I would criticize that coach in that sense because first thing that happened I got in and this guy uh, like kid who was four year, years or five years older than me oh, Jesus. like 10 or 11 he just smashed me like the first minute yeah and it's like Hey, I don't like fun. this shit. You, and you will see guys like that. You have these... Um, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is relatively new in uh, Germany also. So whenever you see some people uh, spar, or they call rolling, yeah. you'll see some guy and you're like, uh, I don't think I want to roll with this guy. You know, he's a good 110 kilos. I weigh 67 kilos. He's going to smash me. Yeah. And that's it can be common, but... You have to, like the first few rules of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is you have to be trustworthy and trust your opponent. You have, like primary, you have to be trustworthy. And I think even more important, tap early, tap often. <laughs> I tap all the time. The moment <laughs> someone puts me in a situation where I don't, it's going to make me sleep bad, yeah. I tap. Yeah. That's the easiest way to get out of every fight in Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Just tap. That's yeah. it. You don't. You can't tap if you get kicked in the head. So yeah. that's one reason why I don't do some of those contact sports. But with jujitsu, 
the moment you're on the ground, you're all the same height, and you can always tap. Tap early, <laughs> tap often. Love it. <laughs> That's a good tip. No, but um, I, I always say it. We we offer some kind of uh, uh, boxing conditioning in our box. Mm. We call it glove fit. So nice. We have like these MMA gloves. We also have boxing uh, gloves. So you you hit the bag uh, for combinations. You do some kettlebell swings, some deadlifts. Yeah, um, they help. You can do wobble, stuff like that. You row, whatever, uh, and it's a conditioning tool. But like, yeah, why why don't we use that so much in the CrossFit? Because it's not measurable, right? So only way to measure that is in like combat. Combat. Yeah. So then you know if you really if you really punch hard yeah. or not. But um, still, uh, like if you live in a big city and you live in this uh, kind of, for many people, scary world, uh, I think it would be very beneficial for many people to have that experience of being really close to someone, somebody who's trying to really hurt you. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just good to practice, uh, as you said, like, okay, in, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, you, you tap out, you tap. So easy. And, but you're, you're practicing that, like, okay, uh, how dangerous is this getting and yeah. so on. And kind of you're practicing the uncomfortableness of being so close to someone. It's, just, it's not very usual that you're just, like, in contact with someone. It's like, so something's... I think a lot of uh, women, they don't have this sort of, um, they don't feel comfortable sparring. No. Especially when it comes to guys, because it's uncomfortable. So whenever there's, whenever there's a woman that's like, oh, I don't feel comfortable doing, like my wife, my wife when she first started, and I myself, I was like, I don't want to be touching dudes. I'm sorry, <laughs> like I can't. Having his butt there. Yeah, like there's there's a <laughs> there's a position called the north south position. Oh, yeah, I can like, imagine that <laughs> exactly. Whatever you imagine, it's that. It's that. And so I'm I'm like I can't get used to this. But in the first uh, the first minute, the first minute of rolling, you're like, oh, this dude wants to get me. Yeah. Like this dude wants to submit me. Yeah. So you're not thinking about the fact that <laughs> oh, butt no. cheek might be in your face or anything yeah. like that. And with my wife, if I see my wife sparring with another guy. I don't want to be like, oh, they're they're having sex. No, they're wearing pajamas, thick-ass cotton pajamas, yeah. and he is trying to murk her. <laughs> yeah. And she needs to go ahead and pull off a nice cross-collar choke. Yeah. Um, by the way, my wife has one of the most devastating cross-collar chokes. So the cro if you don't know, the cross-collar choke is one hand, so your right hand is on their left side, and your left hand's on their right side. Yeah. So your palms are up, you grab their, their collar, and you pull. Uh, and it's a blood choke, meaning that you don't cut off their air, no. you cut yeah, off the, the blood, blood to the brain. So, that security source, the body just shuts down. Five right? seconds. Oh. Hands down, five seconds. So, I, I just playing around, I show my wife how to do it. And she, <laughs> my hands are much bigger than my, my wife, so I'm assuming that she's going to kind of stumble through it. Nope. She did it. She pulled it, and when she completed a move, I made a noise that I didn't expect to make, and she almost put me out cold in five five seconds. And uh, I didn't go out for drinks. Ah, uh, no, Tony. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so, you stay home. So she ever, if, if I ever become like you know bad boy or whatever, she can easily just go in and wake me up with her hands in position, and she's like. Remember when you said my cooking was bad? And then she just pulls the collar and it's a wrap. Do you work for kids? Yeah. Hey, you've been a butt 
Yeah. <laughs> go, go, to, go to bed, you kid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my my son kid. might laugh. He he might he might be like it's it's a bit ticklish. <laughs> but my daughter, she's she's been watching as well. So I have a little pink key ready for her as well. <laughs> yeah. What are your kids? How old? So uh, all together, I have four kids. You know, I'm, I'm an old man. I'm 36. But I have a 15-year-old daughter. I have a 12-year-old son. And with my wife now, I have a five-year-old girl. And my son will be two in December. So they're making me burn a lot of calories. Yeah. And uh, they're yeah. part business owners. Like, they're helping me out as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we know the experience. I mean, we're, I'm 36 also. Cool. Uh, two kids. Nice. Richard, Richard is 30. Yeah, yeah I'm 25. 25? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm... 30. 33. Yeah. Two kids also. I, I'd like this, I like to call the age group people that have their shit together. Yeah. Because you have a lot of folks in their 20s and they're like, I want to do everything. When I was in my 20s, I was like, I want to do everything. Yeah. But now that I'm 36, I know exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I control the stress that's in my life. So yeah. I like to call those folks the people, that age group that has their shit together. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know, a lot of people start to panic after 40, so I mm. have to see. Uh, how that looks like but uh, we talked about this also just before we were recording is um, it's interesting to listen to all these you know uh, startup people that made it and they have you know built this company and so you have to do this and you wake mm. up this time and you ate this kind of egg you put it in your nose and they'll <laughs> have all these tricks and tips and everything and it's like but you don't have kids exactly so so where's the podcast for us that yeah. for the entrepreneurs and the guys that, that have these, you know. Yeah, you're starting a company, you're starting all these things. But work, <laughs> the hardest work is at home. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. You have kids. to balance this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be the guy that goes in. And, and there was a time in 2012 and 13, and my daughter was born in 2012. And uh, I would do training for six hours a day. We have a multi-generational household. So my mother-in-law lives in the top floor. We live on a regular on a ground floor. So I knew there was a problem when after my six hours of training, I'm snatching 100 kilos for reps or whatnot, and I go home and my mother-in-law is like, can you move the potted plant? And I'm like, I can't. I'm so tired. Can you cut the grass? Oh, no. I'm, I'm so... I'm so worn down from, from getting blisters in my hands for doing chest-to-bar pull-ups. I'm like, you cutting, as a, as a father, as a, you know, a son, you cutting the grass is more important than you getting a muscle up, hands down. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing to fight against. When you have, uh, let's say that you're competing for uh, the CrossFit Games, you have to make sure that that balance between the time with your kids, your your wife or significant other, it needs to be on the same level as you doing all this work yeah. to be competitive. Because guess what? You will not have the CrossFit Games. You will not have these competitive events. But your your yeah. your your spouse, that's your franchise player. That's your road dog. Yeah. So who, if she's gone, then like there's no... These competitions can't cook dinner. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but really, like, um, wh why? Also, something that went through my mind many times when I'm getting home, I'm tired, and like, hey, my 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 kid wants to play and everything, and I feel tired or whatever. I'm 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 asking myself. Also, in the gym, I ask myself. So, 
it's, it's especially when you start a business so it's super hard to get the hours for actually training yeah oh yeah so then it's like okay shall i train or not and uh usually it's like okay two questions uh, will i have the energy to play with my kid yep and will i regret it afterwards <laughs> and uh like will i regret doing this workout mm. and uh, we always say this like I, i'm saying to corrado hey uh, let's hit a workout now yeah. he's like, he like oh, oh shit dude, i have to so and, and i was like hey will, will you regret it yeah he's like oh fuck yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but so, then yeah, but you just balance. But what you said is you have to start balancing everything. All, yes. the, all the balls in your juggle. I mean, you you, you have to be a juggler at the end. Right. Like business, um, my own health, because I want to be healthy, because I want to play with my kids, and I want to be like, I want to have longevity and right. pop, 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 pop. Yeah. And it's like so many things. Like if you're organized, if you don't have a partner that really supports you, exactly. You, have, you don't have, a, and the partner is a wife in my case. It could be the, my business partner also, because that's a very good thing. I mean. Mm -hmm. We both have kids the same age. Yeah. We both have two kids, newborns. So he understands exactly how I feel when I say, hey, I have to go home now. Yeah. I mean, boom, Perfect. have to go, sorry. Can you take care of classes and coaching in the, in the afternoon? Yeah, sure. The other way around is perfectly. Hey, mm -hmm. I cannot go today. I have to do something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But having that understanding and being able to say the understanding, talk about it, boom, it's, it's, it's priceless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's times when I, so on Mondays and, uh, and Wednesdays, my normal schedule is I wake up at seven, I, uh, I, do, I do my daughter's hair. Like she has this long curly, she's half black, half German, curly hair, so I have to do cook a hair I mean you know comb a hair and cook breakfast and her breakfast <laughs> is, yeah <laughs> cook a hair <laughs> so it's like uh, for her breakfast it's it's paleo like I wouldn't yeah. say it's paleo but it's bacon and eggs yeah, yeah. so for a typical breakfast for my, my kids it's bacon eggs blueberries so they do that and I have to do their hair like both because my son has long curl hair as well so I do the hair I take my my son to kindergarten I take my daughter to kindergarten then I have to go and train people at this time train another class train another three classes and then I go pick my kids and my wife up and sometimes you know my wife and I'm it's, I'm pretty grateful to the coaches that we have um, they're they're fantastic people but it's you know my wife there's Roger there's Ingo I'm gonna name them out so Roger Ingo and uh, Pierre and these guys are fantastic people that look out and it also helps with them and we have this time and I have to make sure that we you know put in time to take care of our business partners like including the coaches and then my wife is my she's my business partner she's my gym partner she's my, my obviously life partner and we have these kids and these kids don't know anything about Oh yeah, we have. You have a box. Oh cool. I'll just go to bed early. No, no, no. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning. My son's like, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, you had, dad, you had a rough day. I'm gonna yeah. go to bed." Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> oh, your day was tough. Mm, but did you die? No, you didn't die. So come, give me some love. Show me some love. Yeah. And I want to watch cartoons at that. So it's it's this cool balance that you gotta have, and it also transcends into the business. Yeah. Like you become way more resilient because every day there's some new type of athlete that wants to come in and become better. And I'm like, well, you're not as complicated as my kids, so welcome aboard. Yeah. <laughs> so Bring easy. it on. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it is. No, it, but it really comes down to that. I, I, I sit on my floor, on the floor, I play with Legos with, with my kid. And I'm thinking like, oh, you know, if I wouldn't have my hip flexibility from doing my, yeah. my stuff, this would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. 
but now I, I can I can uh, kind of play with her in, in a different way and we have uh, one of our members Austin uh, not from Texas but from, <laughs> from Colorado Colorado he, really yeah. what part what part uh, yeah. he was uh, Boulder yeah Boulder yeah that was my first duty station Colorado <laughs> Springs Colorado I was at uh, Fort Carson it's the first time I ever saw snow I've never saw snow until I went to my first duty station so <laughs> say hi to Austin yeah and so he he kind of went through this transition when he come become a parent, and especially now, like his kid is uh, like one year old, one. and uh, he's been like looking into like, hey, I can't sit on the floor with my kid yeah. because I'm too stiff. Yeah, I'm too stiff. I can't sit more than ten minutes. Everything starts to hurt. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, ah, oh, you know, I can kind of recall how that was. I I can recall a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago. I recall sitting on the floor made me, you know, go numb. It's painful. And, and painful. And yeah. now, now I can sit and do this stuff without thinking about it even. So, I'm, I'm, so that's even uh, brings more and more log to the fire because I'm, I'm, when I see people uh, at our gym and mm -hmm. I see he can't squat, he can't do that. And I'm thinking like, hey, we have to fix this because your life quality will get so much higher outside the gym. That's a massive um, issue that I really want people to deal with because everyone wants to pick up these heavy numbers. Everyone wants to snatch a lot. Their body weight or cleaner jerk one and a half times body weight. These things are important if you can't get into a proper position. If you can't sit in what they call a, uh, in the army they call it a kimchi squat or a third world <laughs> squat or, yeah. or a two year old squat. If you can't do that, yeah. why, that's way more important than the inability to like no. the ability to snatch like okay who cares you you can snatch your body weight yeah. but you can't even sit down and eat soup you, can, you yeah. can't sit and eat soup you can't poop in thailand yeah yeah you're done <laughs> you're done just hold it in hold it in no, it's, I, I see all i mean i wonder where it is but i, I play with my kid he's four turning four now and i get exhausted uh, the guy is a dynamo. He has like, so much energy. It's like he never stops. They like and they just yeah. drop dead. <laughs> and, um, uh, but how is? I mean, I'm quite fit. I mean, I do I work out uh, four times a week, five times a week. Um, if I'm standing all day, I'm standing. There, so yeah, I consider myself pretty fit. How do people that doesn't do all these things survive? I mean, back pains, shoulder pains. I can tell you that. They, and what they do, and they are like, yeah, they exactly. give them the phone. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's something that just uh, freaks me out. It's like, oh, no. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. I mean, put it at the end. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, so I, I keep a collection. So I have a bunch of medals that I've won since my son was born. So the moment my son was born, I joined my weightlifting club. And then I think yeah, about six months later, I did a, uh, I did, in the same month, I did a jiu-jitsu competition. I did the South Hessen uh, championships and I decided to put all those medals together so every time I did a Spartan race every time I did a, a, a jiu-jitsu competition every time I did a uh, weightlifting competition I put those medals together because there's a point when you're like okay dad you're an old man but prove it where's it at you know what I mean so and they don't think about the fact that when they were two when they were three when they didn't like <laughs> I realized that my daughter's arms were too short to wipe her butt when she was like four. 
So you have, they'll never remember that. They're never going to be like, yeah, you know, thanks, Dad, for wiping my butt yeah. or anything like that. No, never. So the what medals kind of help. What would you, uh, like, is, I think we're, I don't know who we are to give advice to all the people and everything, but what would you say to this guy that says, hey, I, I, I don't have time. I'm a parent. I don't have time for sport. I don't have time for fitness. I don't have time for... My kid says, so many parents say, ah, oh, you're done. You have a kid, you're never done mm. sports again. Oh, my plan, I want to run a marathon and now I'm done. No, I don't have time. You, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you need to do something to show, like, in spite of having the kids, you know? So with my children, I don't, so I, I started a business. I, I started competing um, just because I have my children. Like, I want to set the example. If... I am in a position to where I say, oh, well, I had you guys. You're to blame for me not being exactly. the best. That's a dick move. That's a, that's a <laughs> massive dick move on everyone. And they take that, and then they apply that to your grandkids, their kids. So I believe that, you know, I want to set the example. I want my children to um, be better than me. You know, and, and my, my son, I want him to know that I have done these things, and I want you to, and I know you can be better than me become better than me work harder because i want to set this example for you it's very easy to to beat that example if you didn't do shit like the moment no. you the kids are born you're like oh i gotta work nine to five and bosses on my ass i gotta print these tps reports or whatever and then you that's it that's yeah. it like yeah. who are you you know i i heard this uh, great podcast with someone um He's a kind of famous guy, Australian guy, has a show in the States or had a show in the States, uh, went for like uh, 20 years and everything. It was uh, super successful, but he always put his family first, right? So yeah. um, he said, um, he had some, some, some example, like when his daughter was 11 years old or something, and he, she asked her, he had like one rule, if, if they ask someone something, he says yes. So he has the, like the yes rule for for the kids, and uh, he re remembered one time when he was like working on something super important deadline, you know, uh, mm -hmm. is gonna broadcast or whatever, and yeah. and the, his daughter comes home is gonna she's mellow from school and so on, and she asks him like, hey, Dad, can can we do something and so on. And he was first like, I, I don't have time. I, I have to get this done. Uh, uh, like, uh, no. But then he was like, no, wait, wait a minute. My my rule was yes. Yeah. So he he did that stuff with 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 his uh, uh, daughter, which he still recalls what they did. Nice. But he meant this project that he was working on was so important. Has no idea what it was. Yeah. So, it makes so much sense. <laughs> so. And he, I, he had like multiple examples of that where mm. he uh, just like all these super deadline important stuff, things are going to blow, but he, he can't not, recall. In the long run, they're not that never, important. Exactly. They, you will never remember those. I remember when I was about to get married, like me and my, my, my wife, who she was my fiance at the time, and I was uh, in charge of a platoon, which is about 20 or 30 people. And... There were so many things that everyone felt that was so important. This has to be done by five o'clock. This has 1,700 hours. This has to be done by this time. And I don't remember any of those. The only thing that I remember was the thing that made me leave the army. 
and that was I had four soldiers who decided to smoke salvia, which to me it's like shit weed. Like if you're gonna go all out, go all out and smoke the real thing. Don't smoke salvia. And they were they were caught smoking salvia, and I, I had to leave my 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 fiance at the time. Come to the the army post and watch these guys get handcuffed. Yeah. And I was like, done. I gotta go. I can't stay here because these guys don't care about me at all. No. So yeah, it's a, it's a shit situation. Yeah. No, I I, I think um, as we 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 were a bit into the the army thing and so on. Um, what do you think you we you brought with you from the army thing when it comes to like the business part of? Um, so I like to keep a uh, steady schedule, and I like to reward myself. So I have three things that I want to make sure. So I want to do three things for the business when I wake up. I want to make sure that I got nine hours of sleep. I want to make sure that I had decent food and enough water. And then I like to take naps. So I take naps by one uh, thirty, maybe two o'clock. I make sure. But in order to get those naps, that's my reward. My reward is a two o'clock nap. If in order for me to get that, I need to get this job, this job, this job done, and that's something that's uh, from the army and engaging a big group of people. I have zero fear with talking to hundreds of people, but before I joined the army, nah, good luck. There was no way you could get me to talk to one person, especially a stranger. <laughs> nah, not at all. Yeah, we we're discussing before. You had you told us yesterday uh, discussing another topic. Mm -hmm. You had. Uh, you can manage up to 40 people in a class. I mean, you can coach up to 40 people. Yeah, so... Um, it's a huge number of people. Yeah, it's, it's a big number, and one of the big things is, all right, how are you going to... What's going to happen with diluting the product of coaching? So, I, so in the Army, when you are giving what's called PT, physical training, you set people up in a certain pattern, all right? And then, so what I like to do is whenever people are in the gym, I need to make sure that someone's filling my periphery, I have the main focus, and the people that's in my main focus are either the new people or the folks that are not going to be that good in these movements, and I already have their scaling options set for them. So whenever I do that, I have this sort of V type of maneuver when I go in and I look at these guys uh, perform. And I do that based on how I would give uh, physical training to my unit. And so being a master fitness trainer in the Army, being um, and then years of just doing this in trial and error, there's been times, and I've had nightmares when I'm like, holy shit, there's 60 people here. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I'm going home. You guys do whatever you guys need to do. So I, I've had nightmares like that, but you got to handle that. And uh, you have to be on the ball. It's a hard job. It's a neurological thing to do. And uh, yeah, 40 is the most I've ever taught at one time. And it was power snatches runs and farmers carries it was relatively easy in complexity <laughs> usually usually normal class you coach you train how would it be uh normal size of the class that i would teach uh maximum 20 we've had 10 15 people i would have everyone separated and the format of the gym is like of the hour it's set to where i control everything so um it's my domain yeah. how, how do you do that because we we talked uh, earlier today with Gregor, uh, and also yesterday, and he had, they, they told like, yeah, <clears throat> Gregor had two years in his box without music because of license. He didn't want to play the license for, for the music, so yeah. he just didn't play any music. Mm -hmm. And um, like, 
gonna have to use the bathroom real quick. You guys okay with that real yeah, quick? Yeah, like, let's have a small break. Yeah, yeah. let's take a small yeah. break. Cool beans. Okay, so we're, we're, playing we're back from the from the pee pee break. Yeah, I love to drink beer, but um, the after effects. I, I have a girlish bladder, so I can't <laughs> handle it too well. What happens is, as you have to do, you, the first time you can hold it for an hour or two hours. But yeah. The moment you go to the toilet, it's a wrap. Twenty minutes. You've opened the gates. <laughs> the gates are open, man. No, wait. Mm. You have to hold as much as you can the first one. After that. It's Put some Man. room in, expand some room in a bladder, but you can only do so much. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you miss uh, do you miss Texas or do you miss the states? Yes and no. So I love Germany, hands down. There's a sort of a hometown quality feel to it. Like whenever, um, so I'm from a, I'm from I live in Epstein, so it's between Frankfurt and Wiesbaden. So when I go home. It's a small town. There's the Taunus Mountains behind where I live. And it's a small group of us. And that's something that's hard to find if you go back to the States, unless you pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. Like in Texas, you know, I grew up in, I grew up in a trailer park. I grew up, grew up in the projects. I grew up in um, just in the middle of nowhere in some places. And it's just cool to know a small group of people. Now, good luck. Everybody's stacked on top of each other. The small things that I do miss is the Texas State Fair because they fry everything. They fry <laughs> everything. They fry Coca-Cola. They fry strawberries. They fry uh, turkey legs. I've seen um, you take corn chips, you coat it, you put chili inside of it, you dip it in pancake batter, and then you fry it. You, you, can't, you can't reproduce that. That's the, per <laughs> that's the most perfect thing to eat in the world. So I do miss that. I do miss some of the food. But as far as being here, I love this country and I love being able to relax, sleep when my door's unlocked, have my kids go out and, you know, I see kids that walk to school and they come back home and everything is normal. Every, that's considered normal. But in some places it's like, you know, you can't have your kids out on the street unless you're there. And that's yeah. everywhere in the States. Yeah, I had, I had a, when I was playing, um, Ice hockey when I was a teenager, uh, we had a guy, <coughs> a Swedish guy who actually was, um, uh, he lived in Texas uh, or in Dallas for ah, nice. uh, maybe four or five years. Uh, we all also called him the, the Dallas uh, Dallas Balls or something like that. <laughs> balls of the Dallas. Yeah. But um, he, um, he told me like, yeah, you know, when they came home from, home from school, um, there was a you know after you couldn't go out after 8 p.m. Yeah. There was always a cur curfew, so yeah. um, because yeah, it's dangerous to go out yeah. after 8 p.m. And I also like when he told told me about kind of daily life of uh, you know if you want to play with your ki uh, with your friends and so on. We were 13 at this point when he was telling me all this, 13, 14, and he was like, yeah. You know, if you want to do something with your friends in the, in the weekend, after school or something, always have to be driven by your parents. Yeah. Everywhere. 
and like okay we're gonna do something so everything is organized yes so it's nothing like and we were when we were 13 14 and and Sweden we could we could be out all night like uh, I was telling my mom at like uh, Friday evening I said hey I'm going to my friend uh, whatever like okay um, I'm probably sleeping there too okay and you know I went and then I didn't sleep there no I ended up sleeping uh, at another friend's place and then uh, after that I, I know we didn't have well we had cell phones but I just texted like hey oh we're going to the lake so um, uh, we took the bikes and uh, whatever went to the lake and then oh I'm sleeping over at this guy's so this was you know during the summer we were hardly at home and we didn't have to coordinate with the parents that somebody has to drive us and who's going to cook food or whatever no we could do that ourselves it's also this kind of yeah take you uh, when you're 13 you should be able to cook your food you should be able to you know stay out of danger uh, like moderate danger meaning don't walk in the middle of the road <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like stupid things but uh, I mean of course you're 13 14 you always do stupid things uh, but at least uh, I mean never happened anything but we didn't have to be afraid of somebody kidnapping us or you know just by the uh, I like this kind of feeling that just by being in the wrong part of the city you're gonna yeah. get whacked or whatever I mean, it's kind of starting to get that way in, in Sweden and Stockholm now. It's like, yeah, some parts of the town mm. you can't go to. So, especially if you're a white, forget it. Really? I, yeah, so uh, it's kind of really developed into more being like it is in, in the States. Yeah. So, you know, I saw a guy get beat up for a jacket. So, if anyone knows yeah. starter jackets, Starter was like the, the yeah, probably the best jacket because you had the pockets, you had your favorite sports team. The NFL jacket was yeah. typical starter, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you, so I was I was also born in Florida and I lived part of my life in Florida as well. Yeah. So in Tampa you had the Buccaneers. No one wanted Buccaneers. Uh, <laughs> but they won the I'm Super sorry. Bowl, no? They won one in two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, they won the Super Bowl in two thousand and sorry two thousand four. But that was it. <laughs> they had the moment they changed those colors because it used to be this horrible orange and white colors, and you had to be a diehard fan to love the Buccaneers. <laughs> but the Dallas Cowboys were America's team, and I was a Cowboys fan. My dad was a Cowboys fan, and a Dallas Cowboys starter jacket was something to Let's get go. your ass beat up for. Yeah, and I saw <laughs> I saw a guy get beat up for. a fucking starter jacket yeah. and I was like I'm never gonna wear a starter jacket ever again so I had to wear like sweaters and yeah. whatever I can get from Payless or from some poor store I, there was no way I was like there's, I can't like it's not worth getting my ass whooped for a fucking no, starter jacket I mean the, the, the quality of life you have here is great yes. I mean, it's, especially when you have kids it's, yes. it's like yeah. and that's the thing we, we were just saying before you start balancing stuff and yeah. you put yeah. them in the balance and say okay yeah, quality of life in kids, they win all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel so safe with it. I mean, I know my kid, he can, I drive, I can take him to the kita or my wife takes him to, takes him to the kita, but I know he knows the way. Yeah. And I know that if anything happens, he can walk home and it's going to so be fine. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, uh, is, that is priceless. We, we talked to this guy, he was dropping in from Spain, or you, mm. you yeah, talked yeah. about this. It's American. American guy. He's like, I'm never going yeah, back. Yeah, he's American. He was, he was living in Washington. He was in Spain for uh, posted for work. 
uh, three years, I think. And hey, you ever think about going back to the States? Never. Yeah. Never. Oh. I'm done with it. Oh, hell no. That's the hear that from everybody. I'm done. I mean, <laughs> he was saying, yeah, just, a, just a small example. We have like this uh, playground for kids. And there's a bar in Spain right next to it. So mm. I can drink beer with all the parents while the kids play. That's It's forbidden in the States. You cannot sell alcohol. Close. <laughs> so, no way. I mean, they're safe. They go to school. They walk. They go. They ride their bikes to school. They mm. ride their bikes back. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to care about. Uh, yeah. There's some certain amounts of uh, I don't know religious hater or hatred and everything. There's any like everywhere. Normal. Yeah. But it's not like extreme. I, I, there's. I have no fear of someone getting into a school and beginning a sh uh, yeah. shooting. It's so. So. Which it happens less than we than we think we happens, but it happens. It does and happen, unfortunately. You know, like so, where I'm from, the uh, like the, the place I live at currently, um, the last there was a school shooting, and it happened when I was born. It was it happened in 1981, but in the states, you know, it happens all over. And and granted, the U.S. is huge; yeah, it's yeah. massive. It's like Europe, but but the, the the thing is, is that like I'm an ambassador. I feel that I'm an ambassador to the U.S. So the the bottom line is, that if I go anywhere, I want to be set an example as or as and for an American. Like this is me. And there's a lot of people who are like, I'm never going back to the U.S. I'm one of those guys. Like I'm gonna go there to visit. I'm gonna go there to see small town, how you know homes, see cool people, local local life. You know the. The unfortunate thing that the that the world doesn't see is the small town life, and that's unfair. But that's that's it's almost a sacrifice because I've been to a small town in Taranto, Italy, a couple of weeks ago for a Spartan race, and everyone's so sweet, everyone's so cool, and so when I go back to when I go back to the states, I want that small town life, but here I want to. I love what's there for my kids. I love what's there for me. I love yeah. my lifestyle, and I love what's you know the, the the example that I'm setting as an American in overseas. In Germany. I mean, I mean, hey, there's so much to learn from the states. So, uh, I mean, just looking looking into the business we're into, like the CrossFit, mm. just that. It would not be possible, and nobody in Germany would take the plunge and try to create this kind of stuff. Yeah, the entrepreneurial spirit and, in America, the oh Americans yeah. and just be you know be ready to crash and burn that many times. A German would never do that. Yeah, and uh, I think that's kind of the inspirational part. And there's so many things to learn about, and I I mean I I tried to dig into a lot of things that entrepreneurs in the states do, and I'm like, you know, these guys. They're not like there are many p people talking and talking, but there are some guys that are actually, you know, s they're so productive. They're doing so much things, and maybe because it, the pressure is so high, yeah, like things are so expensive to like healthcare. You have to be you're afraid of getting sick, yeah, uh, and all those stuff. And and I'm kind of thinking like, oh, maybe maybe it's not always that unhealthy to have that experience to. To be under certain pressure, to understand that hey, life is not fair if you don't fucking work. You yeah, know? yeah. You, and and you, you you know it's not fair. Yeah. You wish it was fair, but there's nothing you can do about it. The no. only thing you can do, especially in you know a country like the U.S., it 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 rewards 
the ability to fight fairness overall. Mm. Like things are not fair at all. No. So what do you do? Hustle. You gotta hustle. Like for for me being um, being a Black American, it's extremely hard because you have people in the states who are like, "Huh, how do you feel about routine, police brutality?" Um, that's not an easy que- <laughs> you know yeah. question to answer because there's there's so many black people there's so many police officers it's not a black and white situation so no. you can ev- you can never ever say hey this is my stance it's not that like we're all humans that's the easiest answer we're all humans it's yeah. 7 billion humans on this planet so when it comes to how you feel about this happening or that happening wherever you're from the answer is we're humans we're yeah. weird we're unusual creatures and there's a lot of us so when it comes to how we handle situations some people are going to handle it handle it you know, supremely, superbly. And there's some people who are going to handle like a, you know, like a, like a like an idiot. It's so, not a smart answer. So here we are uh, also, we are three foreigners, or four with Matei <laughs> behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're all, uh, you know, surviving in a, in a different country yeah. and, and so on. So what's your kind of experience as as a foreigner, as an or as an American to be in in in, in Germany, or do you th- feel that it's a it's an advantage, or is it uh, is it bad to be American? Uh. <laughs> it actually depends on the election season. <laughs> I I kid you not. It's so weird. Oh, so what, what are you talking about? It's, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a yes and no situation. So um, so. When I was here from 2000 to, no, sorry, 2003 to 2004, uh, we were in line to go to a club and someone was like, I hate Americans. And my friend was like, so does everyone else. Take a number, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then and uh, after, you know, President Obama was elected, uh, people were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Americans, they went. And... I was like, okay, I, I didn't know I was a celebrity, but I'll like, take it. Like Brandenburg tour was filled, <laughs> yeah. like Berlin was filled with like Germans shouting Obama, like he's yeah. gonna be the, he's the, like the savior, the savior of, of the free world. I'm like, he's my boss. I think he's pretty cool. He plays yeah. basketball. Yeah. You know, he's he puts it all on the line. I I can respect that. You know, and and then when uh you know when President Trump came in, it's almost like I have to work really hard to let people know that. Um, things will be okay. You guys yeah. will be fine. Because the majority of people that I've interact with, interacted with, they're not okay with it. Yeah. They're not okay with who's in charge. Um, I don't have a political uh, stance. You know, I just think that I, I, I like to. If I, I've never met any of those presidents. The only president I've met was Clinton. But any other president I've never met. So why should I care about that? You know what I mean? The only people that I care about are the people that I meet and the people that I impact. And as long as I impact positively, that's the win, you know. So, yeah, everyone work, has work within issues. your uh, your circle, circle, you circle of influence, right? Yeah, like if you're, you can't. No one has a circle that's that damn big. No one has a circle that's fucking big to where they're like, yeah, I need to care about how the president is doing and how, you know, you know, my my daughter's doing. That's absolute garbage. If, yeah. you know, it's so. Um, every election season is a bit different, but uh, my experience overall 
as an American, and, spe- and it's not just, you know, as an American, as a black American, there's a certain stereotype that's yeah. there, and there's not a lot of black Americans around, not even a lot of black American box owners. No. Um, in that realm, I, I believe that um, how I think that I have this trust in human beings learning, and I want to make sure that I set an example. It's harder. It's harder for um, black Americans to set an example because there's an assumption. So not only do you have to beat that assumption, but you have to, after you beat that assumption, set a standard. But is it, is it more from an outside perspective? I mean, for yourself, it really doesn't matter. For myself, it doesn't. Who you are. Exactly. Or what, what, no, it's not, it's not, it matters who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. This right. outside perspective, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like Tony. Yeah. In, in, in my head, I'm Tony. Yeah. And some people have to remind me of who and what I am. And that can be an issue, but it, sometimes it's a win. So, for example, in some situations, me, me being six foot seven or two meters, it's something that people would be like, ah, you're tall, so uh, you should be able to dunk a basketball. Or if, and, which I can, I want to put that out there. But if someone. Um, <laughs> says things like, oh, you're supposed to be athletic. Yeah. Um, well, I got my blue belt in one year because of my athleticism, but ever since I got my blue belt and I roll or spar with someone, uh, they, as- they assume that since I'm, you know, over about a, I'm, I weigh about 108 kilos now, that I am, I'm just a smashing machine in jiu-jitsu. But I, my compliment, the compliment that people give me is that I'm a technical big guy i'm a yeah. technical smasher so i don't smash anyone i'm very technical i i, I rely highly on uh, technique so when it comes to my my color when someone says ah you're a smart black guy well no, <laughs> i don't want to take that guy. as an, a yeah i'm, I'm just me <laughs> I, I, down. I, I think there's kind of two sides um it's this um like what i i also like the assumption or idea that like yeah we from going from the human perspective mm-hmm. and that means whatever you come from a matter of race or uh, age or whatever we come from somewhere yeah. and to understand that everyone has a different uh, path or, yeah. or background but uh, that um, doesn't uh, give you the, the uh, how do you say it gives you some certain uh uh, how do you say uh, some certain ways of of being uh, how do you say prejudices uh, we can even pronounce that but as in some ways you can say okay in the big uh, picture yeah uh, it could be like this yeah. but I'm not going from that and I think this is also it kind of backfires because some people are so afraid yeah. even saying like hey dude you're black. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, I can't say. He say said that. the word. He yeah, said he black. Said, oh my yeah. god! Yeah. It, it happens. And it happens a lot with me. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you, you're, 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 you're. Where, where I'm thinking, <laughs> like, it, it, it would be for me, listen, like, because I'm, I'm going from my perspective in mm-hmm. that case. Also, still understanding, like, yeah, if I'm, if I was the only black guy or only white guy in some part of the city. That would be different, but still, I'm thinking like, hey, if somebody would say white to me, I'm yeah, I'm white. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I I can't, but it really uh, comes from where are you? So, yeah. 
It's true. Uh, and I think people are just it's just backfiring so many so times. So hard. Yeah. So many times when people are so afraid of being just, you know, open yeah. and saying like, "Hey, I don't it's like saying uh, honestly, I I think it's just uh, being to be able to say that this lace here, this lace here is just talking about uh, about facts, and you without saying like just be like because it lays here, it's bad. Yeah, no, it's not it's not uh, some uh, how you say assumption of quality, but it's just talking about the facts. Yeah. So uh, uh, going very meta here, but. Uh, this kind of is because of the topic and so on. I, I tend to listen to a lot of about podcasts about that also mm. with much smarter people than I do. So I think we should uh, give it to the, uh, let those people talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the professors <laughs> and that. Um, no, but um, still, we, we are <coughs> foreigners and I feel um, like from my perspective, being a Swedish guy in Germany, it has advantages. So, we have a very good we we have a very good picture of uh, Swedes in Germany. Germans love to go to Sweden. They yeah. love uh, they love the 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 like idyllic picture of Sweden. They uh, love IKEA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but <laughs> who doesn't? There there is Man. there is a dream of of that Germany once was like in Sweden where people were friendly. Yeah. They were honest they were just like hey yeah leave your doors open yeah you don't have to be afraid of being screwed and so on but germany's uh, like from my perspective and coming from the outside coming to germany doing business and so on you start to feel like hey, we, people are not honest in this country in comparison <laughs> to my country and I know, like from from my perspective, his perspective, the, 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 the opposite. Yeah, people are honest in this country. I'm not gonna get screwed. Yeah. <laughs> it all depends on what's your starting point at the end. Yeah, what's your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I was the first time I arrived here. I was, uh, I think, the first or second month I arrived here in Germany. It was six years ago. I went to a German class, and there was someone complaining about the bike roads. And they, 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 there's no safety in these bike roads and everything. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I come from Denmark. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I come from Chile. This is paradise. <laughs> Go ride a bike in Santiago. <laughs> You're dead. Here you're riding the same lane with the bus. In Chile, they will run over you, and they don't care about. It. They won't even stop. So it's kind of a yeah. What's your perspective? What's your starting point? Yeah. Uh, um, I think it's a good country. I, I think we have to take a, uh, another break. Because we have to move, uh, we, yeah. ha- oh, we they, have oh, we have oh, we have going to kick us out. We have oh. Sally uh, giving us the, the angry eye. Sally, yeah. I love you, sweetheart. Sally and the team, but uh, uh, see if we can pick it up uh, somewhere else here in the room. Uh, okay. We're, we're back. We we have a new scenery. New scenery, yeah. We just changed. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be closer to Tony. That's why. <laughs> I'm always down for yeah, that. We're, we're going to the into the dark places. <laughs> going to the corner. Yeah, yeah. Here it's a bit more cozy. No, we have a family in the background. Some guys from Berlin here. Also from Berlin. Yeah, yeah across yeah. in Ica. Yeah. Uh, hope they're doing well. When you're doing this kind of podcast, you you just have no time to watch the competition. But. Um, 
it's the best best time to meet uh, new people, have these kind of interactions. Um, and uh, yeah, we wanted to wrap this thing up, and we wanted to we like to try try to uh, find out things for people to to kind of learn something that they can implement at home and uh, and uh, yeah so they can have something from the podcast not only you know uh, not only the fun stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I like to keep you know one rule in mind uh, don't be a dick hands down don't be a dick like everyone has their opinion about certain things the problem is that if you wind up offending or hurting or uh, disenfranchising someone then you're kind of being a dick no one likes dicks don't be that and I think that's a good way to roll so um, if I can go into that what is the moment you regret the most in that sense uh, so the biggest regretful moment that the I've biggest the, dick, the biggest <laughs> moment <laughs> my, my, the big dick moment <laughs> Um, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. I, 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 I always tell, uh, I think ever since I was a teenager, I had a few role models who were like, you just don't regret, you don't regret, you don't apologize, yeah. you don't take shortcuts. But uh, there are a few things that I wish I did, such as um, if there's someone that needed help, you know, I, I prefer to help them. Like, uh, so I had this one guy, he was my uh, section chief, and he, we were driving in a Humvee, and there was a vehicle that was broken down across the street. And I was like, oh, sucks to be them. And he stopped the vehicle, ran across the street and helped them. And I'm glad I caught that early because it's a habit that I have now. Like, I'm not always helping everyone. Like, I'm not some damn good Samaritan. But um, if it's an opportunity to help, I'll do so. But before that, I was like, sucks to be you. <laughs> so a bunch of small moments about uh, not helping enough. You know, especially if it comes to uh, health and living long, uh, quality of life improvement, things like that. Because now I'm in a stage to where that's my, that's yeah. my living, that's my bread and butter. So I hate to, um, if I, I feel disadvantaged if I don't help anyone health-wise. Yeah. Translate also to the job you're doing, or that we're doing. Yeah. You know, anyway. Yeah, that's our you're business. You're helping people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're in the business of helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and second question, or 200th, I don't know which one we're at, but... Um, three years, three years later. Um, yeah. Do you... Uh, so, if I say, like, one book that influenced you um, in your thinking? I have, like, three of them. Yeah? Which are? So, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. It was a splendid yeah. book. Um, Born to Run by yeah. Chris McDougall. Holy shit, that's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, it's supposed to be a book, I mean, a movie made from it, but I, I don't even want the movie to be made. The book is so good. Yeah. Um, How is that when you see a really good book and then you watch the movie, like, ah, that sucks? Yeah, yeah, I don't want that to ever happen. I don't right. even want that to be a chance. I don't want it to be a 1% chance that. This movie's gonna be garbage because the good the book is so good. Um, it's it's all about you know the the uh, Tara Umari Indian tribe who um, revolutionized like they pretty much 
they don't run races, but they're the best runners, best long distance runners, hands down. Um, but there's a mindset that I love about that. Yeah, but those are two books. I know a bunch of books that I, I crushed that would definitely help a lot of people. Like uh, mm -hmm. there was a book on a ketogenic diet. Everyone's going keto, so might as well read that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going keto. Everyone's going to keto. But Every beer's not keto, so I won't have it. <laughs> Everyone is on keto, but still eating not keto. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think that comes from the potosphere also. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people listen to Tim Ferriss, and yeah, so yeah. They, they they're all into keto now. Uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, and so on. Um, even Mark Bell is keto. Yeah, I'm like you. You picking up the heaviest things in the world. Why are you thinking about a diet? <laughs> it's not. It's not worth it. But big ups to Mark Bell. Yeah, um, I, I love that documentary, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and yeah. watching him going from that to where he's at now. It's pretty inspiring. Um, and also. So, uh, I, I just put this on, uh, I like to put, like many boxers put like, quotes and stuff like that on, on, on their wall. Mm. And I like to put, um, not, not every day, not every week, not every month, but sometimes I just put a question on the, on the blackboard in mm. the box. Yeah. So my last question was, um, uh, what's your happy place? Like, really, if, you, if I say, where is that like place that you find beautiful you go to you want to go to so my happy place is at home in my backyard I'm making a fire and i have a flask of scotch and i'm making hobo food so it's, <laughs> uh, nice warm food with with mushrooms and steak and we got a fire and the kids are out there it's perfect like I could work just for that and a nap. I don't care about money. I think that's uh, <laughs> no. that relates really pretty much what we last book I read is like uh, difference difference between pleasure and happiness. Yeah. Pleasure is about I like this, I want more. Yeah. And happiness is about I like this, I don't need anything more. That's it. Yeah, anything else, exactly. and that's happiness. Just yeah. being there is like poop. Yeah. Got it. Nothing yeah. else. Hell yeah. So, Tony, where can people find more information about? Your happy life. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, right now only deal with Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, it's Tony Neal. Right now, it's around Veterans Day, so you're gonna see an old army picture of me. <laughs> oh. uh, and on Instagram, it's Tony L Neal, one word, lowercase. Okay. And uh, if you're anywhere close to Epstein, yeah. If you come by Epstein, you're gonna get a beer. You're gonna have a nice little conversation. If you're anywhere near Wiesbaden, Nordenstadt, you can come by CrossFit Liberty. A lot of hotels. There's a nice little uh, schnitzel restaurant next to it. There's a Embus across the street. There's a Golden Lotus. Everyone knows me because I'm putting their kids through college because I love their food. So, yeah, always come by. Okay. It was, it was a blast uh, having you here. Right on, man. Thanks, right man. On. And good luck with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Muscle Cat Radio or uh, Tony's Playhouse. I don't know which one. It depends on whatever beer. We have, have to do a rank <laughs> about beers. Or rank them all over yeah. a year and see I, which was the best one. I think so. We we'll take that rank. Oh okay. yeah, right on. Smelly later, bye. Right on. Ciao, ciao.